Hey everyone, welcome to Shift, or welcome back if this isn't your first time here. Shift is a daily podcast where the thoughts and insights presented center around shifting expectations and being in a constant state of growth. I believe that radical accountability requires true vulnerability. Hopefully you find value in the content presented, and if so, I hope that you'll visit the website togetherweshift.com and check out some of the other resources available in the tools section. Now let's get to it. I've talked a lot about emotions this week. Anger, frustration, the confusion and the things that brought shift to become what it is. And one of the tools that I use outside of my faith and outside of communication with my wife and mentors that I have within my life that helped me to navigate some of that stuff is the philosophy of Stoicism. And I think Stoicism is often misunderstood, as are a lot of things that require us to be accountable and, or even radically accountable. I think Stoicism is often too looked at like libertarianism. And I'm not going to get into politics here, but I will share that libertarianism or libertarians are often looked at as cold, selfish, and without compassion because they think that a lot of the government intervention that exists, we could probably better solve for ourselves without those things. Um, but the reality is that both ideologies are rooted in radical accountability, and it's not an emotionless void. Libertarians, true libertarians, strive to live by the non-aggression principle, that I should not do anything to aggress against you or anyone else. And that requires me to be open to all ideas and lifestyles. And maybe you're going to live a lifestyle that I don't like or that I don't appreciate. And as a libertarian, I let you be. And in return, you let me be. And that doesn't always sit well with people. Because maybe I don't want to do things that you think I should. Stoic philosophers did not suggest that one should not feel nor show emotion, but that when you feel emotion, you be radically honest about what you were feeling and recognize your role in how you felt. The choices that either led to the feelings or the reactions to the feelings that were also your choices. Andy Stanley refers to this as owning your slice of the conflict pie. But Stoics certainly felt and they recognized that you could not get away from feelings. I think part of the challenge for Stoics is that the philosophy brings you to a place where you can process emotion and situations and circumstances more quickly. And so you often seem to not care, but it isn't that you don't care. It's that you care more about what's actually important and less about what's not. And so much of what we tend to have emotional reactions to is unimportant. You tend to learn how to process through the emotions, both positive and negative, a lot faster. This came up recently for me and has been on my mind because for the last four years, I've carried a medallion with a skull on one side with the Latin phrase memento mori above it. Memento mori means remember death. On the other side is a paraphrasing of a Marcus Aurelius quote. You could leave this life right now. The full quote is from his book Meditations. You could leave this life right now. Let that determine what you do and say and think. In the four years that I've carried it, 
I've experienced my wife having a stroke. We've brought children into the world. We were forced to move from our rental in spite of having over a year left on our lease. We as a family have faced numerous challenges in business and in relationships. My son was hospitalized with a collapsed lung. And that coin has been a constant reminder for me that all of these things may be in the moment difficult, but the reality is that I am not guaranteed my time here. And that while I am here, I must choose to live fully. You know, I mentioned one of the challenges I've had to face is my wife's stroke recovery. And I remember sitting in the hospital waiting room when she was in surgery, not knowing what that would bring and, and holding this coin in my hand and rubbing it and rolling it through my fingers and realizing that it wasn't me who was possibly going to die that day. It was my wife. And that what did that, what, what would that mean? What would that bring forward for me? Uh, a single, uh, uh, possibly a single father of eight. How would I move forward? What would I do? And I had to remind myself in that moment that whatever the outcome was, was out of my control. But what was in control was how I chose to accept it. And I resolved in that moment that I would live fully, that whether she was with me or not, I would not take for granted another day. And that if I had to raise my children on my own, I would do it in the best way that I could to honor her, to raise them, to continue the goals that her and I had put in place. And when she came out of surgery and I was told she was okay, again, I had to look back and go, okay, now I know what the outcome is. What is my goal? And it was the same. It was to live fully and it was to take advantage of each day which sometimes drives her crazy because that means I fill my calendar and I'm always going and I always want, I want to soak every minute out of life. And, you know, for her, uh, physically, she had a very, very smooth recovery, but emotionally and mentally, it has been very difficult for her. And it causes some tension because my outlook has been much more positive than hers. And so when she gets anxious or depressed or sad, and for a long time, that was a daily routine, um, it would cause tension between us because I was just grateful she was alive and I felt like that should be enough. And she had other things that she was working through. And so I have to remind myself that I, I didn't face death. I wasn't on a metal table or on a slab and having them work through my brain and, and so I have, I have no frame of reference for what she experienced. And in no way do I judge her for her journey. I'm just sort of sharing the differences in them with you. And, and I have worked to help her see where Stoic philosophy might help her. And it just hasn't been her thing. Until recently, she sent me a text message with a picture of the same Memento Mori coin that I carry. And she said that she would like one. And immediately I went and found mine because I wasn't carrying it. I realized in that moment that I hadn't carried it for a few weeks, maybe a month or two. And, and it's probably because after four years, it's served its purpose. I reflect on death almost every day, whether I have a coin in my pocket or not. I know that my time here is limited. I don't need a reminder. And, and so I share this with you because in the week that she's been carrying this reminder, I have seen her attitude 
and her ability to navigate her anxiety changed for the positive. It's still there, and I think it'll always be there. But she has a reminder that it doesn't define her. And she has a reminder that if she were to go to sleep and not wake up, it's up to her to allow her anxiety and fear to determine the outcome of that day. And she's chosen that it will not. And so for my wife, who is, if you know her, one of the most emotionally connected people, and she's connected to everyone and everything, if she can embrace stoicism and some of its tenets, I think it's a good indicator that it isn't an emotionless philosophy. Seeing her find the ability to look at things differently and face her demons head on is inspiring. And if I'm honest, knowing that my journey is somewhat or in part what inspired her is empowering for me as well. It's an, it's, it's an excellent reminder of the impact that we have on one another. And I don't think stoicism is the cure for anything. I do think, however, that it is a powerful tool that everyone could use to train their mind in managing and, dare I say, maturing into a person who recognizes the gift that we have each day that we wake up and to help us to not squander it. Mm -hmm.